On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. On News Talk. Donald Fallon Oslaw here this week he like me uh, spent a lot of the week abroad but unlike me uh, he wasn't able to get home because his flight home yesterday uh, was cancelled so we'll see him back again uh, next week but in the meantime Damien Cordes uh, is here to cast an eye on on uh, things modern and things past uh, as it happens because there is a, a very modern link to what we're talking about today Damien because it, it is only a couple of days ago since um, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar you know he's talking about being at Electric Picnic but that he wasn't among the, the throngs of what, what already appears like the Beatles at the Adelphia yeah. there's already like 300,000 people who say that they were outside the tent to watch the Wolf Tones like, like, the, like the three million people in the GPO in 1916 yes, yeah. <laughs> and all of their relatives which all together make the population of the island far bigger than it is <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting that the Wolf Tones are back in the news because the middle of next month is the 50th anniversary of an event which gave them the Christmas number one single of 1973 which was called Up and Away the Helicopter Song uh, listeners of an older vintage might already have their memories jogged by this um, this is about events in 1973 when Mountjoy Prison was in complete disarray and two prisoners were able to get out simply by a helicopter landing in the middle of the yard. Oh, three. But three. before before that, uh, two, uh, it, it was a really bad year for Manjoy. Uh, uh, early in the year, in the spring, two prisoners, two very athletic prisoners, clearly, they uh, scaled the wall of the exercise yard, got clean away. And it was then, simple as that. Simple as that. They just, just over the wall and gone. And uh, then... Shortly after that, there was a routine guard patrol around the, the prison and a couple of guards uh, spotted these two men attempting to throw a, a rope ladder over the, the wall. They got away as well. Yeah. It's funny that the low-tech solutions are the best. Like yeah. I remember even Donald Trump a couple of years ago saying, oh, no one's ever going to be able to climb over the wall, the wall that we're building with Mexico. No one, It's it's going to be completely insurmountable, maybe with a ladder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the old, the old low-tech stuff still the always low, does the job. Low, well, we, we saw that bloke uh, this week who escaped... Uh, by uh, tying himself yes. un- under in in London, yeah. and you're just saying that's the oldest trick in the mm. book. That's been in every movie ever seen. Absolutely. So 1973, you already have these couple of abscondees and and very little being done about it. Then there's the summer. That's the summer of the hunger strikes, isn't it? And then well, you there, have the, yeah, Manchai yes. was had a, a summer of hunger strikes mm. by Republicans and uh, riots. And in the end, the authorities gave in and they said, okay, look, Republicans, you, you can more or less control you, your own Republican wing of yeah. Manchai. This was not a good idea. No. No, because if you're basically giving Republican prisoners their entire whole quarters within the prison to give them a chance to effectively yeah. collaborate and conspire yeah. and come up with the story that we're going to talk about today. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so w- one of those Republicans on the inside, and I was telling this story to people, a, a group of travel journalists in Toronto during the 90, uh, the 2002 World Cup. I remember that because we had to stay up really late oh, to watch the, the, the games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I was telling this story about the Mountjoy escape and this, this everybody was sort of intrigued and impressed except for this bloke and he, he just looked at it, he waited until I got to the end of the story and he says, yeah, I organised that. <laughs> you just said, what? It's the most Irish thing and ever. And his, his name was Jerry O'Hare. He was the uh, publisher of a travel magazine and he was there and he had been, he was serving 12 months in Mount Joy at the time for, uh, in 1973, for membership of the IRA and he did actually organise it and he, for his for his pains, uh, he wasn't one of the escapees but yeah. he, he was given an extra 12 months onto his existing <laughs> 12 months. So so tell us about then how, how the whole thing comes apart. So we're talking about stuff which 
which is uh, 50 years ago next month. Uh, is it literally as simple as somebody hiring a helicopter? And just somebody rang up Irish helicopters. Uh, he had an American accent. He claimed that his name was Paul Leonard and that he was uh, a Hollywood producer, a uh, movie producer, and that he wanted to book a helicopter in order to do aerial shots of monuments and leash and then do a bit of sightseeing over Wicklow as well. The newspapers described him later as a prosperous uh, looking uh, gent in his mid-twenties. And he, you'd want to be uh, prosperous in 1973 to have £80 an hour for, oh, for, a, for a helicopter. Okay. So a couple of weeks later, after doing the book, oh, he, he also booked the most manoeuvrable. He made a point of getting the most manoeuvrable okay. helicopter that, <laughs> that he booked. A couple of weeks later, mm. uh, Paul Leonard turns up, uh, gets onto the helicopter that he's booked, and they do fly to leash. And where do they land? They land in a field in Strad Valley. <laughs> so the circle of life. Wow. <laughs> So uh, Paul Leonard get, gets out of the helicopter. Two men approach, uh, two armed men uh, okay. emerge from the trees. Right. Uh, he goes off with one of them and he, he tells the pilot, do what this bloke says <laughs> if you know what's good for you. Ah, <laughs> so okay. so a few minutes later, uh, at 3.35 precisely, uh, the, the hijacked helicopter landed in the exercise yard of Mount Joy. Three men hopped on, well prepared. Uh, yeah. They were Seamus Toomey. J.B. O'Hagan and Kevin Mallon. The other prisoners in the exercise yard, again, well drilled, they formed a cordon around the helicopter yeah. to allow the men get on and to yeah. keep the, the wardens... Resisting the urge to hop on it themselves. Presumably, <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah. I suppose it was a fairly small helicopter. Well, and, and, yeah. But, but yeah, they were. And so... and. You know, again, as reported in the next day's newspapers, the, there was just all clearly all the whirring and, and, and everything uh, sent the warders into uh, a state of confusion. And there were shouts heard from some of the wardens to uh, lock the, the main gate of to Mount Joy. Lock the gate. Lock the because gate. the helicopter because might drive out might, the front. Might, yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, yeah, but surely the, like, okay, Grant, you can you can understand a certain amount of, like, on the hoof panic. Is What are we going to do about this? Surely, though, a helicopter is the sort of thing that you see coming so the wardens are like here there's a helicopter there landing in the yard so they, they must have some other well, explanation for what's well, going on uh, yeah apparently uh, some of the wardens felt when, when the post-mortem took place yeah. uh, that later that day some of them thought that it was an airlift an air ambulance that had just dropped in to airlift a, a sick prisoner yeah. and uh, one of them thought that it was the Minister of Defence making a surprise visit and he complained apparently with an earshot of uh, a journalist uh, he complained nobody tells me anything that's going on around here <laughs> But like, I love that naivety that like, oh, there's a helicopter landing there. Oh, there must be some perfectly plausible explanation for this, that a helicopter <laughs> is landing in, in the middle of the exercise yard where the country's most violent people are being retained at the time. Yeah, precisely. Uh, I mean, this must have been a point then of like massive amusement for the rest of the country. That like uh, you, you could consider it to be a very sinister and, and very serious thing. Three Republicans have escaped mm-hmm. from Mount Joy. But the rest of us must have been like Oh, uh, people just were up. convulsed with laughter. And even the, the normally uh, somber... Irish Times uh, printed a, a joke the next day that, that was already gone around to the politicians of Leinster House and the joke and it passed for humour back then it was do you think it would have happened if Fianna Fáil had been in power and the answer was no sure, th- th- those three wouldn't have been in prison in the first place mm. if Fianna Fáil had been in power but what happened next was that it was an affront to Fianna Fáil who'd been recently or Fine Gael, who had been recently elected in the general election they were mm. the senior uh, coalition party so they reacted in 
the way that you'd expect. They moved all the prisoners to the tighter security, uh, all the Republicans yeah. to uh, Port Leash. Okay. And now the weird... So that was the prompt of the whole thing because that became the kind of the then central hub for where you'd house all the Republicans. Precisely, for, for, for decades okay. to come. Yeah, precisely. And w- what happened then was the most bizarre... I mean, it's a story of bizarre incidents. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and, and one of the men, a few days after they'd been moved to Port Leash, he turned up, one of the escaped men, uh, Mallon, uh, Kevin Mallon, he, he turned up in Port Leash and he was caught. He was popping the night away in a, a Port Leash hotel yeah. uh, at the uh, Saturday night GAA hop when he was spotted by an off-duty guard. Yeah. And he was quickly <laughs> re- reunited. There, last he, week. there yeah. he is, yeah. Man. And they reunited yeah. him in, in Port Leash. So, well, well f- I, I, listen, each to their own, but you can kind of question the judgment of somebody who's, who's almost kind of returning to the scene of the crime that way. Tell us about then how this gets translated into um, musical history and, and how this becomes a wolf tones ballad up and away the helicopter song quite literally a celebration of the it was the a celebration thing. yeah it, it was uh, to my mind it was jarring mid-air collision of Boule of Vogue and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang it was musically it was awful it featured a whirring uh, helicopter sound effect yeah. which which made it very cutting edge you know mm. uh, and uh, it also had the feature that uh, up up and away it was probably the only rebel song ever written in history that had a happy ending fair <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, so some of the lyrics were um, the screws were all astounded they stood there dumbfounded as the helicopter yeah. came and went the traitors in the Doyle were aghast to see the Provies fly past it was classic stuff yeah. you know yeah, it's, it's impressive that they were able to sort of churn it out that way because it it, it got got into the top 10 like 22 days after the 22 whole thing 22 days happened. after so like it requires out. there to be you, you write the song you record the song you engineer it and then you, you have the whole infrastructure that's able to, to print it and get the vinyl yeah. out to the shops and for it to feature three weeks after the whole thing has happened. Like, it's Everything. an impressive feat. Oh, it was impressive. And yeah. the show bands could be good when they t- turned their mind to doing that. Mm. Needless to say, it was banned. Yeah. It, like you said, the song just added insult to injury yeah. as far as uh, the government were concerned. So, and are we talking that it's nearly like a, um, like a Frankie Says Relax kind of thing or Frankie Goes to Hollywood yeah. or like a Ding Dong The Witch Is Dead where you're you're doing the rundown on the top 30. And that's exactly what happened. Larry Gogan used to do the uh, top 30 happened. and he would stop yeah. at the number two song in the land for weeks. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure if he mentioned that the Wolf Tones were number one or he didn't mention yeah. that the Wolf Tones were Or at the very least that one. you might have said it but you didn't play it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Time, yeah. So I, 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 I'm not quite sure. Yeah. And, and then uh, it was, so it was the Christmas number one for 1973 and it also mm. uh, went on to their, their next album which was called The Lid of Me Granny's Bin. <laughs> I mean, I suppose in closing, the one thing that's worth saying is that, um, you know, and people will have their own stance on the Wolf Tones debate now and I don't want to sort of reanimate all of that. Mm. But the idea of kind of celebrating this in 1972, I mean, this is a time before the Dublin Monaghan bombings. It's before things have, have escalated yeah. to an enormous extent yeah. elsewhere. And, and republicanism is, is simply just more popular then than it is now. And there is yeah. this idea of it being a fun protest that people yeah. are getting involved in. It yeah. hasn't taken that sinister Very much yet. so, yeah. Uh, and, and as you say, you know, it was, we were almost a year out from the Dublin and Bo- Monaghan bombings, which... Yeah just brought the, the horror of, of the troubles south of the border. And that's when the, the horror reality, mm. you know, struck. And of course, the, the Wolf Tones uh, and their management, they featured in many other protests in uh, in, in the years that followed. In 1978, uh, RT2 uh, opened as a, our yeah. second uh, national TV station. 
uh, and they brought they opted to broadcast Top of the Pops uh, at the oh. same time as it was being shown in BBC. All the show bands yeah. they, they waged a major protest against this. 1979, the next year, uh, Radio Two opens up uh, as a pop station, and <laughs> the show bands again they picketed outside Montrose on the grounds that RTE were playing original hits by uh, Rod Stewart, the latest by Rod Stewart, huh. the Police, instead of playing show band cover versions mm. of them. And then finally, in uh, the mid-80s, uh, uh, the Wolf Tones again, victims of, of a conspiracy against them, they, they actually complained that RTE Radio was not playing their new album, Sing Out for Ireland. And by not playing their new album, uh, they were, quote, depriving the young people of the right to hear Irish music. And a spokesman for the Wolf Tones also said that... Um, if we got equal billing on RTE with, say, Madonna, we'd be selling a lot more records and the money would be staying in the country. I'm not so convinced that Madonna would actually have crowds 60 deep outside a tent in Strad Valley on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon, but maybe that's just me. Sure, maybe they'll sing this helicopter song when they're doing the three arena for their 60th anniversary uh, next <laughs> summer, if, if people are already going along to that. Uh, Damien Cordes, thank you very much, uh, as ever, for that fascinating stuff. Uh, Damien is the author of uh, quite a good back catalogue. In fact, he's been on the slot talking before about uh, You'll Ruin Your Dinner, or uh, The History of Sweet Shops in Ireland. It was still a very good read if you can pick it up in all good bookshops. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. On News Talk.